Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It is me, Elizabeth, and we are back for another Saturday episode of the Primal Potential Podcast. And last Saturday, I released an episode that I marked as explicit because there were some sensitive things talked about on there. And I shared what it would look like inside one of my binges. And I was a serious binge eater at my heaviest. And it was something that I didn't think I would be able to overcome on my own, but I did. And the feedback from that episode was pretty amazing, pretty powerful. The volume of responses. And it wasn't just from people who consider themselves binge eaters or have any experience with binging. It was also feedback from people who are maybe emotional eaters or just overeat, right? And so I wanted to do a follow-up episode. And this is for people, even if you have never binged in your life and you can't even relate to the very sensitive things that I talked about in that episode, maybe you just use food for comfort or boredom and you're eating when your body doesn't need fuel. Now, I am all about enjoying food, right? In fact, I won't even eat food that I don't enjoy. But there is a difference between using food, thinking, you know, I'm a wreck, I need some ice cream or I need some wine or chocolate or whatever, right? In response to an emotion or a situation or a psychological kind of response to something versus, oh, there is this very special ice cream parlor and I'm going to sit down and enjoy this ice cream without guilt. Or this is my favorite candy bar and I'm going to enjoy this candy bar without guilt because it tastes good. So what I am talking about here is using food. Some of the emails that I received, and I got hundreds of emails, referred to food as the lover who never says no to me, who never rejects me, or the friend that I don't have to perform for or be fake in front of, or the thing that's just always there, right? My comfort. And I know that there are a lot of people, either who emailed me and even those who didn't, who feel like They can't stop. Like food has more power over them than they have over themselves or over the food. You can stop. You can. And I want to help you take the first step today. And I also want you to know that I'll be here with you for all of the subsequent steps. But you absolutely can stop. The other day I was chatting with one of my clients about this notion of sort of changing the behaviors when... We don't feel in control or when we're just kind of caught in the moment. We're not thinking about what happens afterwards. We're not thinking about really wishing we hadn't done it afterwards. We're just thinking about, yes, this would taste good. Yes, this would feel good. But here is the litmus test, you know, because some people will say, well, 
Isn't it okay to have ice cream? Of course it is. Of Absolutely, of course it is. But how do you feel afterwards? We don't want to eat things that we don't feel good about afterwards. If it comes with guilt or regret or shame or embarrassment, that is where the problem is. When you fill yourself up with something that you do not need, you will feel just as empty afterwards, if not more, right? If you eat food because you feel rejected, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel loved and accepted after you emotionally eat or binge eat or overeat or eat something that makes you feel blah? No, probably not. You probably feel even more ostracized, even more on the outside, even more like isolating. So one of the primary strategies for overcoming these types of behaviors is to start to ask yourself, is this working? This default pattern of behavior that I keep choosing, is it working for me? And how do I feel afterwards? Ask yourself this before you make the choice. How do I think I'm going to feel after I do this? What problem am I using food to solve? And does it solve the problem? Doesn't even have anything remotely to do with the problem. I really want you to think about these questions. What problem am I using food to solve? Does it solve the problem? And does it even have anything to do with the problem or a solution? For example, I used to think of food as a stress relief valve when I was working in corporate America, right? Things would get stressful, tensions would be high, I would be feeling overwhelmed and under pressure, and if I could just get my hands on like a candy bar or some chips, I would be able to get some relief, right? It was almost like the work stress was causing me to hold my breath, and overeating would be a chance to breathe, except That was just the story I sold myself. That wasn't true. Because the problem was work stress, volume of work, pressure, demands, expectations, needing to find a solution and actually get the work done. Does eating address any of those? No. Did the food make me feel less stressed or overwhelmed? No, it gave me a three-minute escape, after which I was irritated, tired, pissed at myself, stuffed, and had more negative emotion than I had before. It's hard to accept the truth when the lie is what you want to hear. It's hard to accept the truth when the lie is what you're telling yourself. And you're telling yourself this lie because it's what you want to hear. I really want that to sink in, guys. It is hard to accept the truth that the food doesn't solve the problem when the lie that the food will solve the problem is what you want to hear. The most dangerous lies on earth are the ones we tell ourselves, and they hurt us the most deeply. For me, I was the primary cause of my own pain. I was. I was miserable, I was depressed, I was isolated, and I was obese, and I was the primary cause of all of that pain. Not my relationships, not my job, not my upbringing, me, all right? So I had to start asking myself, is this true? These lies that I am telling myself when I want to hear them most, are they true, or am I just accepting them as fact because it works in the moment? I get to give in to what I want. 
When I would say, I need chocolate, is that true? When I would say, I will start tomorrow, is that true? Or when I would say, I just need to get it out of my system, was that true? I've said this before and I really believe it to be true. The quality of our lives is directly related to the quality and the frequency of the questions we ask ourselves and the honesty with which we respond. The quality of our lives is directly related to the questions we ask ourselves and the honesty with which we respond. Whether you classify what you do as binging, overeating, emotionally eating, whatever, it doesn't matter. I want to help you today with some tools. The first two, uh, the first couple I mentioned in Saturday's episode on Inside My Binges, but I'm going to expand on them today, and then there are a couple others that I did not talk about on Saturday. When the Primal Potential blog first went up, in July of 2014, one of my original posts, one of like the first five blog posts, was on my practice of the mantra, just for today. Just for today. Because I used to live the opposite. My mantra used to be, I'll start tomorrow. And that few words, I'll start tomorrow, was a lie that I would tell myself to make me feel better about a choice I would otherwise be ashamed of. So it was like how I made myself feel good about a crappy choice, right? It was a lie. It was a lie I was telling myself to kind of pad my ego. Overeating didn't seem so bad when it was wrapped with the lie of I'll start tomorrow, when it was wrapped with a good intention, right? It wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to go be a slob and eat tons of food. It was because I'm going to get really strict tomorrow. I was justifying a detrimental choice with a good intention, right? But it is not your intentions that matter. It is your choices that matter. Your life today is a reflection of your choices, not your intentions. Your body today is a reflection of your choices, not your intentions. Unfortunately, it took me um, a long time to see that. So I switched things when I finally realized that saying, I'm, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to be really, really strict. I'm going to do a whole 30. I'm going to do keto. I'm going to do. When I started to realize after asking, is this true? And I started to realize, no, it's pretty much never true. I decided to change it. I didn't want to lie to myself and wrap it in a good intention so that I could feel justified. I didn't want to feel good about my intentions. I wanted to feel good about my actions. So I switched things. And every time I would say to myself, oh, so-and-so brought in donuts. So I'll have one and I'll start tomorrow. I'm going to be so good tomorrow. So it's okay today to kind of like throw caution to the wind because tomorrow is the real deal. That was an ego move, a lie to myself to justify something that was not going to be in line with where I wanted to go with my life. So when you start to justify, when you notice those little arguments popping into your head, when you begin to reason with yourself or talk yourself into something that is not aligned with your goals, ask yourself, am I delaying when I could be taking action? Is progress an option here? Is progress an option I'm not choosing because I'm delaying it and wrapping it with a good intention? Remember, the quality of our lives is directly related to the quality of the questions we ask ourselves and the honestness with which we respond. So whenever that thought of I'll start tomorrow would pop up, 
I would respond with, you know what, just for today. Just for today, I can make a good choice. Just for today, I can say no to the donuts or to the wine or to the chocolate or to the fast food, right? I don't need to get all concerned with tomorrow, but just for today, I can make good choices, right? Or maybe when I was out to eat and the bread basket would come. Just for today, this one day, I can say no thank you to the bread. Like, it's not going to kill me. I can do this for one day. Or when I'm thinking about a glass of wine with dinner. Just this one time, I can have water. Not a big deal. When I would think about skipping my workout or just kind of phoning it in and not giving my best effort, just for today, I can work my butt off. This one workout, I can give it everything I've got. So instead of looking to justify delay, I would encourage myself to do the work just for this one day. And I would take that approach over and over, right? In the past, my dieting approach had always been based on like the 30-day blitz, the 90-day detox, the six-month blah, blah, blah. How much weight can I possibly lose in the shortest amount of time possible? But that future focus took me out of the moment. And I could, here's the thing, I could justify crappy choices in the moment and not feel like I was giving up my future goal because there was always tomorrow, right? But that always tomorrow thing was a lie to choose the pleasure of the moment instead of the goal I was pursuing. I cannot tell you how many times I repeated that mantra in my head just for today, just for today. Walking past one of my my best friend's office was right next to mine, and she almost always had a bowl of candy on her desk. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of times I said, just for today, I'm, I'm saying no to the candy, right? Just for today, I'm going to skip it. Or times when I was desperately craving pizza or Japanese food with a huge plate of rice. Just for today, I'm going to eat the food I brought with me. Just for today. And this just for today strategy is very related to another strategy that I've been using more recently, honestly, daily, right? And it kind of started from my workouts. Now, you might not be able to relate to this if you're not currently working out, and that's okay, but I think you can kind of imagine it with me. So many times you're in the middle of a workout and you're you're at that point where you're winded, your muscles are tired, and you just feel like you need a break, right? The weight feels heavy or your legs feel heavy, your lungs are tired or all of the above. And you just want to stop for a second, put the weight down or catch your breath. We almost always have one more rep or one more second or one more step in us when we take a break or when we quit. We tend to quit too early. We stop when we have way more than one more step or one more second or one more rep. We probably have like 10 more steps or 100 more steps, but we quit, we give up, even we pause because it's uncomfortable and it's easier to take that break than to push for one more rep or one more second or one more step. We're looking at the clock, right? And we're focused on the total number of reps or the distance. And it seems daunting. And it just thinking about it doubles our exhaustion. But instead of thinking about the 20 more reps I have or the one mile more or the four minutes left on the clock, I'll say, I have one more rep. I have one more step. I have one more second. And I literally just say to myself, one more, right? 
I am not going to quit when I have one more in me. And this does relate to food. I'm, I'm not just talking about fitness. I'm going to relate it to food here in a second. But I do that when I'm tired and I want to quit. It's just this next one. I have one more in me. I'm going to do that one. And then when I do that one, I'm going to, do I have one more in me? Yep, I sure do. And the way that this relates to food, we give in to the cookies when we're at that sort of tenuous, uncomfortable point. We want to say yes, it's hard to say no, and we give in to the cookies when we have one more good choice in us. Do we have to make infinite good choices? No. Just like we don't have infinite muscular endurance, right? We are human, but when you are facing that choice, cupcake or no cupcake, piece of pizza or no piece of pizza, glass of wine or no glass of wine, or maybe stop at one glass of wine versus go for three, do you have one more good choice in you right now? I think you do. I think you've got more than one good choice. Don't give up. Don't give in when you have one more good choice in you, you know, because this is how we create momentum. When we're at that critical point where we could keep pushing or we could stop and we stop, we give in, we give in to temptation, we give up on our goals because it's just a little easier to do that. When we say, you know what? I have one more good choice in me. That is when the energy shifts. That is when the tide turns. That is when we are earning our easy because we're doing it when we don't necessarily want to do it. Those are the moments that matter. It's not turning down the cupcake at 9 a.m. because you don't feel like a cupcake. It's turning down the cupcake when you really want the cupcake. That is how we build momentum. Do I have one good choice left in me? Absolutely, I do. And I am going to claim this moment right now because I have one more good choice. I have one more rep. I have one more step. I have one more second, right? Do not give up when you have one more in you. The next strategy that I use multiple times each week, and I think this is one of the most helpful strategies when you employ it regularly, I teach this to all of my clients, and I know I've mentioned it here on the podcast, but not a lot of people actually do it. They think about it, but they don't do it. And here's the obvious thing. These strategies only work if you practice them. And I know so many people are resistant to practicing because it's hard. But remember, it's hard to talk yourself into something other than your routine. But if you want to overcome the behavior, if you want to switch from wishing for it to working for it, then you have to be willing to implement these things, to try them, to practice them so that they do become effortless. None of these were easy for me to employ the first time, second time, third time, but you know, over time, they become second nature. Now, this is just the way my brain operates. It was not the way my brain operated at 340 pounds, but the only way to get it to be how you operate is to practice it. All right, so this is one of the most effective for me as it relates to treats and indulgences and, you know, like ice cream and cookies and things like that. You've heard me talk about the three questions before, and I want to share some examples today and share why it works so well for me now compared with some of the other strategies. So the three question strategy is when you're about to make a decision, you ask yourself three questions. The first question is, how do I want to feel in one hour? The second question 
how will I feel in one hour if I make this choice that I'm considering? And the third question is, so given how I want to feel and how this choice will make me feel, is it worth it? Now, here is why this particular strategy is working so well for me now. I rarely indulge, right? I have, over years, practiced moderation. I work out really hard and I eat pretty clean, so it would be easy for me to justify a cookie if I wanted a cookie, right? It would not be make or break for me. It would not be a big deal. There was a time, a long period of time, and maybe this is where you're at right now, where a cookie was a big deal. It was Pandora's box for me because I wasn't practiced at keeping one cookie from turning into a box of cookies, right? So at that point in time, just for today, worked better for me because I needed to distance myself and not tempt fate by trying to have one cookie and then feeling like I needed to chain myself, you know, like a dog to keep from devouring the whole box. I wasn't ready for that. So at that point, early in my journey, just for today, I'll make good choices really helped because I needed that physical distance and that emotional separation from treats. I had overindulged for way too long, so just for today was my abstainer strategy. But the reality is that now that approach, the just for today thing, doesn't work as well for me because my new normal is eating pretty clean and working out pretty hard. So I can have a cookie, right? And I, <laughs> I didn't think the day would ever come when I would be like, I can have one cookie and not want seven cookies. I really did not think that day would ever come. So if you're there, I hear you, that day will come. Here's what's different for me now. The three questions reminds me that the cookie, though it will taste good, won't make me feel that great. The cookie for me now is almost never worth it. And this is what makes the three questions so effective for me where I'm at in my journey right now, because for me, it's not about the pleasure of the cookie. When I talk about eating foods I love that love me back, that includes how I feel after I eat. I do not want to eat anything that leaves me feeling like, meh, that wasn't worth it. I wish I didn't have that. I wish I hadn't eaten that thing. It kind of, oh, I don't know how to, I want to say it kind of bums me out or disappoints me, but that might be a little bit strong. When I see like health coaches on the internet with a picture of their like candy bar saying, or their pizza saying like, I eat candy and that's okay. Like I get the message of moderation, but what I think it overlooks is it's also okay if that's just not worth it to you. I am not a purist. I am all about some ice cream and some really good chocolate. But what I'm really about is eat things that you feel really good about afterwards, right? Where you love it while you eat it and you don't regret it afterwards, right? The candy bar, the chain joint piece of pizza, or the average Mexican food, it's just not worth how it makes me feel afterwards. Now, the specialty ice cream shop or the handmade pasta that you only get on Christmas Eve when your family does a traditional handmade Italian dinner, that, when you ask those questions, is it worth it, how will I feel afterwards, then that will probably be an absolute resounding, yes, it is worth it, I want to have it, I won't regret it for a second. So sometimes, especially when I'm tired or when I'm emotional, I find myself in the grocery store like, poof, here I am. <laughs> As I go through the grocery store on days where I'm more tired or more emotional or maybe frustrated, and I start that mental debate about the ice cream, 
because I'm of where I'm at in my journey, it would be easy to be like, it's not a big deal. It's just ice cream and it's not a big deal. But the three questions help me realize that I'm probably not going to feel that great about it afterwards. So I'll ask myself in those moments, all right, so you're thinking about ice cream. How do you want to feel an hour from now? I mean, I want to feel pretty high energy. I want to feel focused. I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel at ease. And if I have this pint of regular standard ice cream from the grocery store, how's that going to make me feel in an hour? And I've done this enough to know from a million experiences I usually end up feeling like it just wasn't worth it. The first few bites are good, but then it's just sort of like, meh, I've had this before, it's nothing special. And afterwards, I'm always thinking, you know what, I probably would have felt better if I hadn't had it. It really wasn't worth it. So then I'm able to say, given that, is the ice cream worth it? No. Nine times out of 10, it's not right? Same thing if I go out to eat and I bring the fresh bread. This happened just the other night. I picked up the bread off the little cutting board and I smelled it. And then I was like, I was kind of like wishy-washy. Do I want it? Do I not want it? And then I said, how do I want to feel in an hour? And I want to feel good. I want to feel lean. I was wearing some jeans that were pretty tight. I I didn't want to feel like I was in danger of like breaking out of them, right? I wanted to feel good. And then I said, all right, so if I eat the bread, how am I going to feel in an hour? And I thought, you know what? I'm probably going to be thinking random restaurant bread, not what I want to put into my body, not the thing that I really want to indulge in. And I would imagine that because I so rarely eat bread that those jeans probably wouldn't feel so fantastic. So was it worth it? No. And I got fish and I got a salad and I got some vegetables and I was very satisfied. But like I said, if I'm traveling to a new city and there's some special restaurant or an ice cream parlor and I ask the three questions, sometimes the indulgence will be worth it. And that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Food you love. Food that's so good you want to tell people about it. I'm always encouraging people to embrace their inner food snob. And the like regular old ice cream that I've binged on six trillion times no, it's just not it's just not worth how I'll feel afterwards. I will never be in a position where I have that and go, oh, that was incredible. It was so worth it. So I'll save it for when it really is worth it, right? Most indulgences, most of the time that we overdo it, it's just not that great. You don't feel that great afterwards. So asking that question, most of us have the ability to see how we will feel afterwards. And sometimes you get it wrong and that's okay. But if we just focus on, oh yeah, ice cream would be great. This is true. Ice cream is delicious. But if we shift the focus, not just from, oh, ice cream would be great, but how am I going to feel after it's gone, right? Not like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. I can't have ice, have ice cream anymore. But physically, Am I going to feel good physically? Is my energy going to be good? And emotionally, am I going to be really glad that I made that choice? Or am I going to be wishing that I hadn't made that choice, right? So shift the focus. How will I feel about this choice afterwards? When you focus exclusively on the food that you're debating, then you're only focused on the food, right? And that strategy is usually not working. Now, the last thing I want to talk about today, and this is related to the three questions, is reminding yourself, do not go back to that which broke you. Do not go back to that 
which broke you. Overeating caused me a lot of pain. Choosing ice cream, Mexican food, pizza, candy, wine, repeat, repeat, repeat. It took a lot from my life, you know, and I'm fairly young. And those choices took a lot from my life. They took from me far more than they gave to me. They took big things from me and they took small things, but they took a lot of things. Confidence, relationships, money, happiness, travel, experiences, friendships. They took a lot and they gave some unpleasant things. Regret, self-loathing, right? Shame, hiding, sadness. Those were direct results of how I used food. And I will not return to the things that broke me. Is saying no hard? (laughs) Yes, but it gets easier. As you start to kind of realize how much better it feels to wake up in the morning and be proud of your yesterday instead of ashamed to it, ashamed of it, you will see how much easier it is to say yes to yourself and no to the food. I know what broke me. I know the lies I told myself that broke me. I know the choices I made that broke me. So when I start to consider them, those choices that broke me, or when I start to tell myself those same lies that broke me, just this once, I'll get it out of my system. This one thing won't hurt. It doesn't matter anyway. All of those lies, they broke me, they stole from me, and I will not return to the things that broke me. I am going in the opposite direction. So when you're at a crossroads, which you always are with a choice, am I moving towards the things that broke me? Or am I moving away from those things that broke me? I will not return to what broke me because I am going in a different direction. And I want you to go in a different direction. So not all of these strategies are going to work for everybody. But try them. Practice them a few times and ask yourself, like, how does this make me feel just for today? Can I focus on just for today, I'm going to make these choices that move me in the direction of my goals? Or maybe it's that I have one more good choice in me. I'm not going to give up yet. I have one more rep. I have one more good choice. I have one more whatever it is in me. Or maybe the three questions. How do I want to feel in an hour? If I make this choice, how is it going to make me feel? And given that, is it worth it? Or maybe you simplify it down to, is this choice reflective of the things that have broke me? Or is this choice reflective of the things that will build the life I want? Start to implement these. You have to start. It gets easier, but only if you start. And only if you decide to put them into practice when you need them most. All right. I will share what I ate yesterday, like I always try to do at the end of the show. Now, one thing I want to say about this, I got an email And it's not, I get these every once in a while, which is why I stopped doing this What I Ate Yesterday segment, but I brought it back by popular demand. But I got an email from somebody that said, well, I can never eat the way you eat. Guys, the way I eat is not the goal, right? Do you. Do what represents an improvement for you. You got to remember that when I was 340 pounds, I wasn't eating the way I was eating now. I was eating in a way that represented an improvement for me then. 
And month after month, year after year, I eat in a way that represents an improvement for me. So the goal is not to like look at what I eat and be like, oh, that's what I should do. It is about what represents an improvement for you, eating foods you love that love you back. The foods I love that love me back might not be the foods you love that love you back. Who cares? I'm doing this because you guys have asked me to to give you ideas, but when you fall into the comparison trap, you are going down the wrong side of the street. You're going down a place where you're not going to find a lot of benefit. You're going to find a lot of disappointment. So realize that this is about what represents an improvement for you, finding foods you love that love you back and get you where you want to go. So I started the day with coffee because I love coffee and coffee loves me. But I will say that I started to love coffee a little too much. (laughs) And when I make a change, I want to tell you guys about it. So I am definitely not the model to follow related to coffee consumption, but I have dialed it back a little bit. Um, So I I drank my coffee in the morning and then I had a packet of Mary Shenouda's Fat Fudge, which is perpetually sold out, but I really do enjoy it in a pinch. I prefer to cook my own food, but sometimes when I'm running out the door, this is a good option. So I had a packet of her Fat Fudge on the way to the gym. And then I rarely do the salad bar at Whole Foods or grocery stores or anything because I like to prepare my own food. Uh, And I don't really like leafy greens very much. They're just like blah, whatever. I prefer cabbage or Brussels sprouts or cauliflower or broccoli. Um, Broccoli soup, I'm on a kick now. Don't give me raw broccoli, but I'll do some cauliflower soup. But it just so happened that I had a hundred million things going on and I had to eat on the road, so I did do the uh, the salad bar at Whole Foods with like $27 worth of vegetables. No, it wasn't that much, but it feels that much, doesn't it? It feels like, yeah. Uh, and then uh, because my salad was huge with uh, some chicken and tons and tons of vegetables and I think some nuts as well, I kept dinner kind of light. Um, I put recently a couple of cauliflower soup recipes up on primalpotential.com. So I had one of those and I topped it with a little bit of uh, crumbled bacon and some walnuts and it was amazing. So satisfying and absolutely delicious. Um So that is what I ate yesterday. I hope you found this show helpful. If you have questions, if you have suggestions, anything like that, let me know. That's why I'm here. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.